unidentifiable flying object. <laughs> UFO continues to be a mystery. Wasn't alone in space. Sightings of UFOs. Something out there. Close enough to be observed. What could it be? It could only be one thing. A UFO. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 91 of UFO No, your break from the propaganda, the bad news, the political nonsense, and there's a ton of it. There's a ton of it. Uh, and let's have some fun talking about what's up with the moon. What's going on? So many anomalies. We're going to go over it. It's going to be fun. With me again is the man. It's Nathan. What's up, dude? How are you? Hey, hey, what's going on, big guy? How you doing today? Oh, fantastical. I am so excited. This topic just, um, well, frankly, it gets me it's hard. It's more. It's more. <laughs> it's great. It's going to be so much. There's so much crazy shit. And despite, you know, regardless of what you believe about the moon, whether it's real, whether space is real, you know, whatever the case may be, uh, there, there, it's got a lot of weird stuff about it, and that's what you got. You can't deny any of that. So we're going to kind of get into this and some of the um, the theories that exist around this, what the tinfoil militia is saying about it, and then what the mainstream is saying about it, and compare notes. Uh, but I want to thank you all for joining the show. We are in the stratosphere. We're cruising about 96,000 feet, and it is clear skies, baby. If you like the show, be sure to share this episode. Give us a nice review. Spotify, Apple, you can do it right now. Listen to the podcast. Don't even have to break away. Also, if you're listening on uh, Rumble, on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Follow us. Um, it really does help a lot with the numbers. Also, click that link in the show notes, the portal to all things UFO know. Uh, get yourself some sweet merch. That as well helps out the show a ton. And don't forget, you can also donate at patreon.com slash UFO know podcast where you get new no ads, all the episodes with no ads. Uh, you get bonus content, bonus ads that uh, occasionally I release to the public. Uh, but anyway, some great stuff, new content I'm adding all the time, uh, and I keep in touch with you, uh, have some great conversations with everybody that's in there, and uh, we're always adding new stuff. So click that portal to everything UFO no link in the show notes, help support the show, but let's get into it, shall we? So I'm fascinated with the moon. I think a lot of people are most everybody humanity. I know you are Nate. Oh, I love it. It's everything that, you know, mythology's made of it. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it seems to be tied to so many things, um, in culture and life, sustainability of life, all kinds of things. And there's a bunch of stuff that make it, um, unique to any other, planets moons uh here's some weird facts about the moon you might not know the moon is exactly 400 times smaller than the sun and is located exactly one four hundredth of the way from earth to the sun so some weird exact numbers um which means total eclipses wouldn't even be possible without those exact measurements its rotation around the earth is perfectly circular as opposed to oval, like uh, like pretty much every other moon that's known about. Um, 
And so the exact size of the moon, um, or I'm sorry, and so the rotation is so exact that uh, one side of the moon is permanently hidden from us. But as Nathan had pointed out, Nathan, why don't you tell them what uh, what uh, you told me before the show, why that's the case. Are you there? Sorry, you broke out. Yeah, oh, sorry, yeah. you broke out there for a second. Oh, yeah. Bad internet connection. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, anywho, uh, yeah, uh, one of the things that I found was amazing about the moon is that it's perfect telemetry between us and the sun is the only moon that we've seen that gives us the eclipse. We're the only planet that we know of that gets that perfect eclipse. Yeah. Uh, there's a misconception that I say that people like it is tidally locked. We only see the one side of the facing moon. But the thing is, is that the moon actually does have a rotation. It's just equal to our own rotation. So yeah, we do see the one side, but yeah, it does have a rotation. It's just it's just amazing how it's perfectly synchronized with ours. Yes, exactly. That's the weirdest thing. It's as you said, it does have a rotation. This idea that it doesn't rotate, it does. It just rotates exactly the same way we do to make sure that we only see the one side. As you said, in synchronization with us. And uh and so what's interesting about this is that what's been said is that all of this happening naturally, the chances of all this happening naturally, is literally zillions to one. Zillions. It would never happen again. Yeah, like, that's the basically odds is incredible. Incredible. Astronomical. Above astronomical. Zillions. What the fuck is that? How many zeros is believe- a zillion? Yeah. Jesus. This it is amazing. And its uh, orbit is perfectly uh, circular, not not like an oval. Most moons' orbits around other planets have like a more of an oval orbit around their planet. Exactly. Our moon is perfectly circular. Perfectly circular, which again is a very astronomically chanced anomaly. Very, very weird. Now, of course, the formation of the moon, you know, this debate of how it got here, what is it? Now, the mainstream science community says it was a small planet like object that collided with earth millions of years ago but that's guesswork that's that's really this idea that you know all of a sudden it crashed all the debris started circling around it and created this again all these a zillion chances that this thing would even do that and again the size of it says to me that i don't know earth would be dra- dramatically misshaped would it not if that was the case, you you would think there'd be yeah uh, some big ass crater, you know, like some sort of indication that an impact of that magnitude. I mean, how would that not have destroyed the planet, honestly? Or if nothing else, just meld look like an ass, basically two cheeks smushed together because it's like two circles that smash together, forming, you know, like an ass. <laughs> Could be why everything's turning into shit. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so it's 
it's interesting. Again, that's a very one of my questions is is I just don't see how it could have collided, and then again, both of them form perfect circles, perfectly, perfectly circular, and again in synchronization to each other. Just like they say, zillions, zillions to one odds. But well, even, there's also a theory out there. Yeah. I'm sorry, cut no, you no, off, go ahead, no. go ahead. Uh, there's a theory out there also that if you ever hear the hollow moon, I, th- I think we talked about it before plenty of times on the show. Sure. But uh, anyways, uh, the hollow moon, like that the moon was basically like placed here. Yes. We got our own personal little uh, satellite and it just, it's a base for aliens to watch their experiments evolve and grow. Yes. And that could, and I mean, we haven't been to the moon in like 50 years. Yeah. So, I mean, what did we find? Yeah. What did we find? Exactly. Well, and, and to go back to some of the weird anomalies that they point out is to, uh, you know, in line with the hollow moon theory is the craters and that they say that, you know, they're all similar depth and shape. Uh, now of course, mainstream science says it shouldn't be that way. The accepted science says it shouldn't because obviously you have different size of impacts, uh, which would make deeper, but, but you have these ranges of, um, circumference of these craters, but similar depth. So that's what makes it very, very odd. Um, and so some of them, again, with this, say, these researchers say that the moon could absolutely be an artificial structure, and that's one of the clues, and that you have this metallic casing right underneath the surface, um, but otherwise it's hollow. Have you seen that movie, uh, Moonfall? Uh, you know what? I wanted to see it and give a review of it, and I have not wow. seen it yet. I have got to tell you, bro, it is definitely worthwhile. It's all about the, it's all about this hollow moon theory. I know, and, you know, when I saw the previews, I almost did like a little review of the preview, but I, I sometimes I just am like, I don't know, you know, you know at first I thought, you know, another disaster movie, you know, but you know, let's check it out. And it was amazing. It, it, the science in it was crazy. And it talks a lot about this stuff, the, anomalies the mysteries the unexplained in the moon that just make no sense yeah exactly they and when i saw the preview for it i was like oh man they're touching on a lot of this stuff in that so yeah i definitely need to see it i'm behind i should have seen it i should have watched it i i i defaulted on my duty as a podcaster to watch oh, this movie God, and man. give my two cents i apologize you've got homework now i do Absolutely. You do. Definitely got to watch it. But yeah, so this this is, uh, again, leading what you said. They, again, leads to the idea that it was put here. If it's hollow, it certainly didn't form the way that they're saying it was formed. So it, it clearly didn't get here the way that they're saying it got here. So it had to have been placed if it's a hollow satellite, basically. Um, there's a writer, William Roy Shelton, who said that something had to put the moon in or near its curtain, current circular pattern around the Earth, and that it's very unlikely that any object just stumbles on the right combination of factors needed to help any object stay in orbit. He says something had to put the moon on its altitude, on its course, and speed. The question is, what was that something? 
And the truth is, is we don't know very much about it at all. And most of what we do, quote unquote, know is really just theories and guesswork. I mean, they use very advanced math. I'll give you that to come up with calculations that line up with their theories. But otherwise, there's there's really it's it's just theories and guesswork. Um, there's a Russian scientist, uh, two of them actually, uh, Majil Vasin and Alexander Sherbakov say the moon is not a naturally occurring celestial object at all, but the result of extraterrestrial intervention. Mm, aliens. Uh, in a 1970 article, is the moon a creation of extraterrestrial design? They say that the moon was placed here a long time ago and was not completely natural. So if that's the case, that those things are true, do you think that NASA knows about it? Do you think they're aware of it? I really do. Honestly, I mean, like, you, we can get these like crystal clear, high definition pictures of yeah. these things that we're discovering on Mars and all these other places. But show me a, but uh, we got all these moon pictures that are blurry. You know, like there's like there's a lot of uh, a lot of conspiracy out there that uh, that they uh, Photoshop a lot of these pictures, blur a lot of these images out because. The creators show something. Uh, I believe it was the uh, Apollo 11 uh, when uh, Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong had lost, uh, had cut out, and switched the radio frequencies. A lot of people think we're, we're saying that uh, they had saw alien ships and things on the moon. Yeah. And yeah, it's just nuts. And we can't get a good picture of it. Exactly. And there's a lot of people think that they're just covering it up. Well, certainly no great images are coming from the from the backside. I mean, we have a lot of amateur astronomers. We have a lot of uh, professional astronomers that have absolutely taken phenomenal pictures of the moon surface from our vantage point. But from the backside, we, we virtually have no clue. And then, uh, of course, we have just the Apollo missions to go off of for uh, research data coming from the moon itself. Otherwise, it's all speculation from um, the ISS, from uh, satellites that are up there taking images and whatnot that people are deciphering here. But otherwise, there is no boots-on-the-ground data. And I think it's on purpose. But let's stay on this idea of uh, the different anomalies of the moon. Um, so uh, Russian professor of biochemistry, Isaac Asimov writes, we cannot help but come to the conclusion that the moon by rights ought not to be there. The fact that it is, uh, it, the fact that it is, is one of those strokes of luck, almost too good to accept small planets, such as earth with weak gravitational fields might well lack satellites in general. Then when a planet does have satellites, those satellites are much smaller than the planet itself. Therefore there would be very, every reason to suspect the moon would be a tiny world, perhaps 30 miles, but it is a giant satellite, 2,160 miles in diameter. How is it then? that tiny earth has one amazing is what he says that's a pretty powerful statement right there 
That's a very powerful statement. And that, again, leads to the idea that, uh, well, if it's hollow, meaning uh, it's not dense, then it would not be pulled in by Earth's gravitational field the way it should if it was uh, a normal satellite. So, very interesting. Erwin uh, Shapiro of the Harvard-Smithsonian Center of Astro Astrophysics said, the best explanation for the moon is an observational error. Now, again, that's a powerful statement. Robin Brett, scientist. An observational error. An observational error. Say? Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, Robin Brett, a scientist for NASA, said that it seems easier to explain the non-existence of the moon than its existence. <laughs> Which, again, these are very powerful statements of just how crazy of an anomaly the moon itself is. Just the fact that it's there, let alone its actual makeup. Its makeup, its orbit, its distance from us, its distance from the sun. Yeah. It's rotation, like everything about that moon yeah. is a lot of fuckery. Yep. <laughs> so again, the question is, were the Apollo missions just about getting to the moon and back, just about stepping around a little bit and then coming back? Or was there more going on? What's interesting is that... Uh, they, the astronauts were given what's called the Brookings Report. Um, and in this, it states very clearly that, quote, if they, the astronauts, saw anything, they were not to talk about it as it would undo the fabric of our civilization. Again, a very powerful statement. And that's in the instructions that was given to the astronauts before they went to the moon. And again, there was that reported point where they did make it to the moon and they had cut gifts. I mean, the world was listening to this. Yeah. I mean, we were at the time we were in a space race with Russia. The world was on the edge of the seats listening to this, watching it. And there was, God, what was that? I want to say like a two, three minute period. Oh, two minutes. Where yeah. they had two minute period. Thank you. And where they had cut out. And, uh, like I said, that's where supposedly they were confirming another, another spaceship that they had seen outside of the vessel. Yeah, absolutely. There is, there is, uh, multiple accounts by, of course, Buzz Aldrin. A lot of people know that Buzz Aldrin is pretty vocal about, uh, about what, you know, his belief in aliens and all that, but Aside from him, you have a couple of others that have come forward saying they've seen some things. Um, but I am I am very skeptical. I, I, I love the idea of these astronauts, but I have to be skeptical of anyone that has credibility. Because what we have is we have a lot of examples of people with credentials coming forward with supposed sightings with virtually no evidence. So it's a lot of hearsay. Now, I'm not saying that stories aren't, shouldn't be valid. But 
to call it disclosure like you're giving some truth by simply telling a story that nobody can verify, um, I think is different. And so, you know, when we talk about disclosure, there's a lot of this word about disclosure, and then you have these really vague photos, vague videos coming out with a bunch of people with hearsay verifying that it happened. Um, but otherwise, there's no evidence that's corroborating this. I want to believe just like everybody else. I want to believe in the moon landings. There's a lot of people that don't even want to believe we went. I want to believe we went. The hard part for me is there seems to be this narrative coming out from NASA explaining why it's impossible that we even get there now. When you look back, and I'm and I'm way skipping ahead, but... But if you look at the power you have, look at what we're doing right now. The power it takes to do what we're doing right now, just talking to each other, is almost more than what these guys had in a tin can that was basically the power of a toaster that landed on the moon. So that I don't understand that. But anyways, let's I, I want to go into the some of the alternate theories about what was actually going on during the space race, you know, cause there's a timeline of this. There's a timeline of, you know, like this, you know, the space agency coming together, them talking about going to the moon, but then there's, there's this whole alternate timeline of, Oh, well they actually had a plan to go build bases on the moon in 1963, you know, and then all of a sudden we go there in 69. And uh, anyway, so, but um, here's some of them. For one, the only reason we really landed on the moon first is because the, that we won the space race is because the Soviets weren't trying to land on the moon. They were trying to expand their, uh, space programs, the Malyut or Salyut and Mir space station programs. So it was a space race in the way that it was a race to develop in space, but we were the only ones in a race to land on the moon, it seems. And I don't know if they're actually, you know, if they actually were, weren't trying, or but that's what's said. Well, at that time, we weren't sure if the moon had oil, so we needed to get uh, there first. Yeah, is that resources? That's yeah. a big push, even now. Yeah. Big push. Okay. And everything we do. I, uh, weren't we just talking not too long ago about a comet? They were actually uh, talking about being able to try to mine off of or something that's passing by. Or well, the, they, or they the were talking about doing just mining asteroids. Yeah. So here you've got the Kyber Belt, uh, which I don't know if it's entirely accessible, but we do know that there's asteroids floating around all over the place. Uh, so it's not hard to imagine that they could just pick one and go land on it. And, uh, they, it's just gotta be, you know, landable as opposed to, you know, if it's going too fast, I don't know the specs, but I'd imagine if it's got too much of a spin, you know, we've all seen Armageddon. We know what this is. We know the science. If it's spinning too fast, you can't do the slingshot maneuver. You know, come on. We've seen it, you know. Yeah, I don't think Bruce Willis is going to be coming to bail you out on this one. Damn it. He's done. He's tired. Daddy, no! (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, so so that's that in the first place, this idea that, you know, we were racing to the moon, that's not really the truth because, again, the Soviets weren't really trying to do that. They were just trying to uh, establish a presence in space. Uh, and so so were we. So that was kind of the idea. Um, now, the main official timeline says that we didn't start working on space stations till 1980s with Reagan's Star Wars program. I don't believe that, though. I don't believe that. And there are a lot of claims that the Apollo missions ended because it all went secret black budget. So they had an entirely secret plan working with the Soviet Union that ended up, which they do, they did anyways. So it's not a stretch of the imagination to believe that relationship just started earlier. I mean, that's all this theory is saying. It's not saying that, I mean, yeah, they had a kind of a secret plan, but we know they have black budget projects. So, of course, we know there's a secret plan. That's what black budget means. They would call it secret if they could get away with calling it secret. But they can't. They call it black budget. And, you know, racism. So you can't really call it out. So what you have is you have these claims that the Apollo missions were going on uh, secretly and are still going on. But, it, of course, it's not just uh, conspiracies and the International Space Station that came out of the space program. A lot of the te uh, technology we have, uh, transistors, which actually a lot of people are thought uh, to come out of Roswell. Cell phones, especially the cell phones we have. Um, breast cancer screeners, heart defibrillators, weather satellites, even ATMs. I didn't know that one. ATMs. And that's just a few of them. There's a whole bunch. All of that came out of the space program. Wow. That's crazy. I had no idea all that. Yeah. So, and that's now, yeah. again, a lot of people say it was Roswell. I have, I have other thoughts on that, but I, um, I don't want to, I don't want to give that. I think a lot of, you know, anyways, but, uh, the excuse is that NASA says that they lost the technology to go back. It's too expensive. I I cannot believe that for a fucking minute. For a fucking minute that we don't have the technology or the money to go back. You're telling me you can't find $400 billion to throw at NASA? Oh, but you're, th oh, because you're throwing it somewhere else. You know, that's really the truth is that they don't, that, you know, that's why it's black budget. And they're not going to tell you they're doing these things. They're not going to tell you. Anyways, so they're not going to tell you they're working on it. Until they just do it. So I don't believe for a minute we don't have the technology. I don't believe for a minute we lost it or destroyed it. What the fuck? Yeah, we don't do shit like that. We uh, hold on to that. Yeah. Archive it. That's right. Yeah, we hold on to two things in America. And that's technology and, and we hold grudges. That's it. That's what we hold on to. <laughs> We're damn good at it. Dude. Damn good at it. America. Yeah. <laughs> and again, and again, let's talk. Let's, let's uh, again, think about, they don't have the technology now. They don't have the technology now to go back. They went up there with four megabytes of power, four 
megabytes. I want you to go through the, the background on your phone. Just take a moment. Look at the background, the size. Go scroll through whatever store you use, whatever. Look at a wallpaper. Okay, look at a wallpaper. And tell me you can't find an animated wallpaper that's four megabytes. That's, that's the background on your fucking phone. Okay? That's what they ran the Apollo programs on. You got to be shitting me. You got to be shitting me they don't have the technology. What the fuck? And I don't know who's buying that. Who's buying that? I just don't think we've publicly gone back. Of course. I don't think we've stopped. I don't think we've stopped. Exactly. There you have it. That's the truth. We haven't stopped. We just stopped talking about it and letting everybody know, hey, that's that's what we're doing. That's right. That's right. And shit, uh, Trump just announced that uh, Space Force. Space Force. You're right. Exactly. What the hell do you think we need that for? Well, it sure as hell ain't going to have a bunch of military people floating around Earth. (laughs) Well, and again, when they tell you, when they tell you they're doing it, they've already been doing it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I'm pretty sure we've got a whole situation going on up on the moon. Oh, yeah. Well, China had come out recently and and blamed uh, or accused the U.S. of trying to militarize space. And then we came out and tried to blame China, saying that they were trying to build uh, or land uh, or what was a uh, take over the moon. So you have they all- landed a rover yeah. and are testing the seismic uh, depth. Yep. Yeah, they've done a bunch of stuff. So there, there is now a race. There may not have been a race in the in the beginning of the space race to get to the moon, but there absolutely is now. But of course, yeah. You know, go ahead. Yeah. As far as alien existences going, we must be the laughing stock of the galaxy. <laughs> I mean, like we're like they just kind of come by and be like, hey, you guys want to watch this for a while? And now that we're headed to the moon, it just the only thing I could think of is they got to look at us like space balls. Oh yeah, just a bumbling. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just us. Well, and look, I mean, that's, of course, that's what I I think a lot of that image of what's portrayed is on purpose. Look, what's the best way to get people to underestimate you, to, to kind of put that out there, put that image out there, play dumb. You know, it's a great strategic way of negotiating because it gets people to give up their cards. And so there's this idea, you know, that, that they are incompetent, but I think that's a front. I think they put on a, on this incompetent face, like they're just bumbling around, but they have plans, man. They got plans. Yeah. This has been put to a science. Like I said, I don't think we've stopped going to the move. I agree with you. And we've, we've only just mastered it. Yeah. You know? And look, this goes back, and I'm I'm going to do it because I always do. I'm going to tie it in with Nazis. Okay. The gift from the Nazis. Fucking Nazis. (laughs) The fucking Nazis. Goddamn Nazis. Goddamn. The gift from the Nazis that we got 
after World War II. And whether it was bartered for or we stole it, I don't know. But you have Operation Paperclip, which was the greatest thing that ever happened to the U.S. as far as you know, intelligence agencies, space agencies go. Uh, and they got a lot of technological advancements from that. And you look at the timeline of Roswell and the end of World War II, very, very similar. So Roswell is a great cover story for a how we got technology as opposed to a bunch of evil Nazi scientists. That's a much harder pill to swallow. But again, a lot of people want to believe that these technologies were recovered from the Roswell crash and they were reverse engineered. That's uh, a lot of what Lazar talks about, reverse engineering UFO uh, uh, alien crafts and that we got this advanced alien technology that not only got us to space, but brought the, the entire West into the technological age. That's, that's the, a lot of the, you know, the believers thinking, the believers in the Roswell crash. I, I think that's too convenient of a storyline. I think it's much easier to say we took a lot of, we took a lot of technology from the Nazis that they spent years working on and understanding and knowing how to use and keep it under wraps, whereas we just jumped in and took off and crashed in Roswell. Yeah, I mean, that would make the most fucking sense, honestly. I mean, like I said, I like to believe, because we can't be the only intelligent life out there, that we're the only intelligent life there. I mean, like, like I said, I don't really think they want to deal with us fully on a uh, on an outward. Yeah, uh, you know they're not trying to let us know they're here. But yeah, Roswell. I believe we got our own technologies, and it's just a convenient cover. Oh, well, it's the aliens. Yeah. It's the aliens are here. It's a perfect fall guy. Man. Perfect fall guy. There it, it allows you free roam in space, in, in air and space, free roam because everybody again, nobody looks in the sky seeing a UFO and says, look, government cover-up. Nobody. So it's the perfect... It meddles, it meddles the water for that's when right. there is actual proof. Yes. You know? Yes. And that's why it's very, very difficult to know, and that's why it's such a fun topic to go over. And uh, and that's why I love doing this, because uh, because there's so many directions you can go. But but yeah, a lot of the... Uh, that's, that's the big speculation by... Um, you know, ufologists and researchers in this area that, that that's where we got this technological age from was from this Roswell crash. Um, and again, I'm not sold on it. I can't get myself to believe that an advanced civilization for one would crash their ship in the desert over New Mexico after traveling, who knows how fucking millions of light years they went. I just cannot fathom that. Uh, let alone, would travel through space to even visit humans. Why fuck with us? You know, I mean, it. Uh, uh, I had a great conversation with uh, with Jesse. She's one of uh, the patrons, and then also it's been uh, said by by Gary Nolan, uh, which is why it's the same likelihood that we would want to develop communication with ants. Aside from control, what reason would we have to? bond, connect, communicate with on an emotional level, ants. None. We have zero reason to do that. It's It would be out of control, or I mean for control, if anything. It would be the same thing to us, to them. 
If they're that advanced to travel through the cosmos to make contact with us in ways that are being told that they're making contact with us, for what reason? You know, for shits and giggles, that's it. That's why, to me, the future astronaut theory makes so much more sense because it makes sense that they would be observational only or primarily because they don't want to fuck with the timeline. They're simply observation like we do with archaeologists now, except they're observing bones. What would you give to be able to go back and look at it in real life? So that makes a lot more sense as to why they have not made communication and also to why us? You know, we would want to study primitive us. We do now. And to an advanced us, we would be primitive. So anyways, go off on tangents. But um, that's why I just can't get around this whole idea of, uh, of that it's aliens. Roswell was aliens. But that's just me. Uh, that's my opinion on that. But, you know, again, during the same time period, you have where we could have easily gotten our hands on this Nazi tech like de Glock, the Nazi bill. And that the government was fucking around and crashed it. And that's why we were on it so fast. It wasn't about the aliens. It was about us. And we could not let people know that we were fucking around with Nazi technology. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? People threw a tizzy fit when they found that uh, during Operation Paperclip, while they were housing these Nazi scientists uh, in this area, calling it this uh, camp something, I can't remember what it was, uh, some villagers got wind of it and were outraged, outraged by that. Now imagine if a bunch of Roswellians uh, stumble upon de Glock crashed with a bunch of military guys crawling out of it holy fuck can you imagine much much worse of a problem for them than it's aliens much bigger problem and to me more logical and easier i mean it's just it's easier that it's us <laughs> it's easier we would crash it so but of course, you know, before the space race, before Operation Paperclip, long before all this, you have what's known as transient lunar phenomenon that has been reported on the moon, above the moon, flashes of light, weird clouds, various colors, glowing spots, you name it, all this weird stuff. Going back to as far back as 1178, bunch of monks, saw a huge flaming torch on the moon. A huge flaming torch. 1787, Sir William Herschel, well-known British astronomer, detected three glowing, uh, red glowing objects, spots on the dark portion of the moon, which I would believe mean that was the edge of the moon, you know, as opposed to the dark side, because how, how do you get there? Then you have uh, J.F. Lewis, or I'm sorry, J.F. Julius Schmidt, lunar observer, saw a significant change in the Linné crater, 1866. Soviet astronomer Nikolai A. Kozirev, 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 ooh, saw a half-hour-long eruption on a peak of the Alphonsus 
crater in 1958. In 1968, NASA published an investigation into these phenomenons called Document R-277, and it listed over 9,600 weird occurrences on the lunar surface over over hundreds of years. 9,600, dude, that's nuts. Now, what's funny about that is we have observation of... You know, all these planets now, planets, moons, as they call them, satellites, things like that, that people aren't finding that many anomalies on now, right now. I mean, I'm sure there's some, but it would, wouldn't it be highlighted? Wouldn't they be? I mean, there seems to be that they're calling out everything these days. You have the Mars face. Uh, you have, uh, we'll get into some of them, the Mona Lisa, um, tower structures. A lot of people have claimed to see this. So you have on the moon, but you don't have people calling out from these other planets, planets, moons, but we can see them. So it's very, very interesting that the moon would have so many crazy anomalies. And maybe the the reason is because we're closer. We're closer so we can see them better. I don't know. But to me, it seems that seems to be an anomaly in itself that there are so many weird, so much weird shit going on on just the moon as opposed to these other planets. Yeah, speaking of weird shit, I was just reading this barely the fifth. So scientists believe that the moon was not always the Earth's satellite. German astronomer Gestalkorn thinks that the moon's age is approximately equal to one half of Earth's age. In his opinion, after the moon was created, it orbited far away from the Earth. A space object flew near the moon, which caused the moon to change its orbit. The moon moved closer to the Earth and became imprisoned by Earth's gravity. That sounds so fucking sketchy and dumb to me. <laughs> like, German astronomer Jester Korn, like, there's no last name. So, I mean, it's just a first name. How are you going to figure out who the hell that is? Yeah. How, how, how are you going to trace that back? And the moon is half of the Earth's uh, size. So, how would our Earth capture it in, in our gravity? I mean, yeah, exactly. It would have to not be that big. less dense in order to not yeah. break through the orbit. Because obviously, it, you know, uh, I can't remember which law it is, but uh, an object in motion stays in motion until it's, uh, what, meet, meets resistance or whatever. I can't remember the exact thing because I'm dumb. But is it, what, Newton's third law or whatever? I'm just throwing shit out at this point. I don't even know. Yeah, it's all speculation. Yeah, but uh, but anyways, but isn't that the idea that an object in motion? So, therefore that if it's heavy enough, if Earth's gravity is too strong, and we, we know this, this is the whole idea that you have to be so careful about coming back into orbit, is that if you come in too fast, you will just speed through the atmosphere and, and crash and burn. So you have an object that's, you know, this size absolutely is not going to stop simply because Earth's orbit is there. It's going to keep going unless... It's significantly less dense than it's uh, than what it would be if it was an actual moon, 
And so therefore it doesn't have the weight to push it through and it does get captured. Like a, like a balloon kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, phenomenal. Super weird shit. And you have a bunch of people, you know, and you got people on both sides of this, you know, um, trying to explain why, but also trying to say, well, that doesn't make sense because of this. Um, you have a ton of anomalies. There's a ton of anomalies. Uh, but the biggest idea is, yeah, you know, and we can entertain. I don't like to entertain the idea that we didn't go to the moon yet because I don't. And there's a lot of people that are going to maybe hate this that think that there's plenty of evidence that we didn't go to the moon. I think you can say that these these people were at, whisked off to a secret studio where they um, filmed all this. But I think I think the more likely I think that's another the reason why that theory is so popular is that's again, something they wouldn't mind people believing, especially if they want to have the moon to themselves. If the idea is that we never went and we can't go back, well, then it's fair game. They can do whatever the fuck they want there. But if there's this idea that, Oh no, we went and we established bases, well, then people are always going to want to know what's going on with the moon. But if we just continue to say there's nothing there, we never even went, it's a cover-up, it's fake, uh, then people are like, eh, the moon, we never went. That's it, end of conversation. So I think, again, it's a, it's a good cover story. I think that's where, who does it benefit these stories? To me, it benefits them most if people believe we never went as opposed to we went, but not for the reasons they told us. Either way, it's a lie, but I think it's an easier lie to uh, forgive if we never even went. Well, part of that conspiracy, as far as they say that it was a hoax, is that they say oh, one of the moon rocks is a perfect C shape, and it's right there on the rock, and they say that that was a prop that it was just a, it was actually a prop. It wasn't really a rock, and they just forgot to turn it away from the camera. Or some other crap about it. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, also, uh, Neil Armstrong's wife, her name was uh, Carol. It was Carol Held Knight. And so, I mean, I mean, if you're up there on the moon, I mean, what a, put your girl's initials up on there, you know, that's a <laughs> nice story to come. You know, I mean, you don't know. Yeah. That's the hard part is that it would be, I mean, we'll know all this, well, unless they you know, destroy evidence and whatnot. But once we get boots on the ground of people that, that. <laughs> that people will, <laughs> will actually go up there and, and take a look real, real people, real. Inv- so this idea that commercial space flight is coming, I think is exciting. Um, again, if it's true, but you have some very, very weird things coming out of NASA talking about how hard it is to get out of the, out of the lower orbit. And it's like, wait a minute. What are you talking about? You know, so that's what's that's what's very difficult about it. But, you know, was the moon landing a recon mission? That's that's a question I think worth diving into because as opposed to, you know, you look at it seems like they're just having fun, um, bouncing around, kicking dust around, uh, experimenting with gravity. I think there was a lot more going on than that. I think it was I need, you know, here we have satellite images of this area where we think it would be good 
to start building infrastructure. We need boots on the ground on the moon to establish, yes, it is, or no, it's not. We need somebody to go down there and actually step on the ground itself to test if it's, you know, if, if we're going to be able to do this, or is it just really thick um, moon dust? And they did that. They accomplished that. They accomplished the idea of, can we do it? And in six missions, they established, uh, God created the world in six days. Does not sound familiar? That they uh, established, yes, we can build infrastructure here. So when they did, you have the ISS up there. That is a staging point that I think, you know, now they're announcing that they have 3D printing machines building uh, stuff in space. I think we've had that for a long time. It makes sense how they've been able to, how do you have a, a space station up there for t- what, 20 years, 30 years, some crazy shit. Uh, and it's just random launches that tend to go bad and shit doesn't get up there. I just, I don't believe it. It makes a lot more sense that you'd be able to create your own infrastructure up there. So I, I, I really, to me, it makes a lot more sense that we spent six missions going up there to establish that, yes, we're going to build infrastructure. Here's how we're going to do it. Um, and then they did it. And there was no reason to go back yet. So they say. So they say. Who knows, man? Who mm. knows? But uh, so, yeah, so getting into this, uh, as you had said, the two minutes, this theory that there was two minutes of uh, communications that were cut out, that there was just silence for two minutes. Um, now, what's known, been put out by NASA, is that they have this emergency communications line that they can get in touch with a physician, uh, whatever they want that's on this second channel that they don't want to get out to the public. But... There is this theory, as you had said, that they were actually talking about seeing aliens up there. And this is something that we had actually talked about in our second episode with Blind Mike and uh, my friend Lucas Dixon. What's up? Uh, and, of course, we're going to save Blind Mike, bring him back uh, to the show because he's, he's gone. We're uh, taking everybody. Yeah, always, man. So... uh but yeah, we talked about this, the missing communications of, uh, of two minutes, but uh, of what was potentially heard, that the secret channel. And, uh, but after Neil Armstrong said his uh, famous line, they, this is what the story is. The story is, so the, set, the official statement is that they switched over to this secret channel to talk about personal stuff, medical stuff that they didn't want to get out to the public. But there are amateur ham radio operators that have said that they caught other other sounds. So it wasn't until, you know, after Neil Armstrong, but here's the story. So Neil Armstrong says his famous line. It's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. So after that, switches to the secret channel, said they're here, they're parked on the side of the crater, and they're watching us. Now, Buzz Aldrin comes out and has said in numerous interviews that I don't have clips for because there's a lot of different ones, uh, and he says a lot of different shit trying to get to this point, but uh, that he saw this illumination that was moving with respect to the stars. Uh, he said we were smart enough to say to not say, Houston, there's a light out there that's following us, so technically... 
It is an unidentified flying object. But the rumors are that during this broadcast, two minutes of silence that a lot of these amateur ham radios claim that they they heard Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong say this, Buzz Aldrin saying that UFOs were lined up waiting for us, that they were watching them. But people watching at the time, all they heard was silence. They had no idea what was happening. So they weren't sure if something was wrong. Of course, they, you know, feared for the worst. Um, but the, the question was asked, was it technical problems? Was it a separate line? Um, if it was technical problems, right, that some people say it was, wouldn't there have been some communication like, oh, glad we got you back. We lost you for a bit or something like that. You know, you would think there would be some kind of retort you know, back about them being gone because you would think that Houston would be just as nervous if it was technical problems. Uh, but instead, if they just cut, everything's fine. They're going to come back like everything's fine, which is what they did. So, do you think, and I mean this for the audience as well, but you too, Nathan, was there something that they saw there? Do you think it was aliens? Oh, I want to believe. <laughs> I want to say they saw aliens, I do too. But I really think it could have been us. Could have been time travelers. Ah, dude. I mean I don't know. I it's it's uh I do want to believe it's aliens, but why why after that I don't know, it's hard it's hard on that because then did we did we start working with aliens up there on the moon? We just were like, hey, what's up? You know, <laughs> let's be friends. And then all of a sudden they just start building bases. Yeah, I mean, cover, I mean, let's, I mean, we all know our government's not the most upfront and honest with us about all of their little dealings that they love to do behind closed doors. But I would imagine we went up there and met aliens and it got very hush-hush. Everyone, uh, we continue to go back to the moon. There's probably like a, uh, I, I have no idea. It's a, all I can do is speculate. It's just fascinating. It is. It is incredibly fascinating. And a lot of people ask, is that the reason we didn't go back? Because we ran into aliens. Now, the question is, Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, first moon landing supposedly ran into these aliens. So why is it that six missions later, all of a sudden we're like, ah, we're not going back because the aliens. Wouldn't it be like we saw them, they didn't like us there, we never went back after the first one. Instead, we went back six more times, or five more times, I guess. Again. Not that I would blame them. No, me neither. I mean, yeah. I wouldn't either no, if, no. if they had seen them and then we're like, fuck that, we're not going back. But the fact is that we did go back. So again, going back to this idea that instead... It was if they saw these crafts, then maybe it was a joint effort to establish bases there and uh, and we just need to send supplies until we started uh, until we started making it ourselves. And mind you, keep in mind that these a lot of these payloads that go up to the ISS are classified or contain classified contents. So it might be like, you know, 
toilet paper and toothpaste, but then there's also this whole section that's censored. It's blacked out. So they're absolutely sent. Now they, of course, say, well, it's matters of national security. You know, it's technology we don't want getting in the hands of, say, China. Oh, well, that's, again, a very convenient front. Very convenient. And, and that's been their front for very, very long, the whole idea of national security is, uh, oh, we got to cover this up. We don't want, uh, you know, other countries to get, uh, you know, better technology than we do, whereas they all, you know, China already does. So certainly didn't do their jobs on that one. But uh, we'll never really know. That's the truth. That's the unfortunate truth about this. We can talk about it all day long. But the truth is we'll never really know unless they tell us. And then if you're like me, I'm still going to question that. (laughs) I'm still going to be like, wait. Are you telling me the truth or are you just telling me something you want me to think is the truth? Because unfortunately, that's the position they put you in. With all the fuckery. So in May of 1969, another great anomaly story from the moon. 1969, May, two months after before the moon landing, the Apollo 11 and the crew were on their 30th trip around the moon. And they reported hearing what they describe as outer spacey sounds or music as they went around the dark side of the moon out of the signal of NASA. I have a little clip of it here. That didn't need to keep it sound outer spacey, didn't it? Do you hear that? That whistling sound? weird huh I'd be tripping out man yeah me too I'd be tripping the fuck out me too now here's here's some interesting things about this specific bit of information just the spacey music which doesn't seem like a big deal right doesn't seem like a big deal at all and I'll play it again just so you can see how not a big deal it is now it's trippy it's weird but it's really not like blow your mind shit cuz we know nothing about it it's just weird so the question is why keep so so here's the deal they kept this out of the public until 2008 2008 Now, NASA came out after this when they were questioned as to why didn't you release it sooner. They said, well, the files have been available since the 70s. We just didn't tell you. We didn't announce it. Well, how the fuck are we supposed to know what you have unless you announce it? Right? That's like the whole idea. The the, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the um, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book or movie, whatever you've seen. But uh, this idea that uh, aliens come and destroy Earth to make a galactic freeway and when they uh, 
come and announce to the humans they're all yelling at the aliens about, uh, hey, uh, you can't do this to us. We weren't told. And the aliens say, well, it's been in the files in the galactic whatever for you could have gone and checked it out. So it's the same idea. Like the files have been available. You just didn't, you know, we didn't have to tell you, so we didn't. You know, it's your fault for not knowing. Ridiculous. But they say that this music was just interference between the VHF radios and the lunar module and the command module. But what's funny about that is why hold on to it then? Why make it, why make it a big deal by, keep, by holding on to it? You know, that's what makes it a big deal. Otherwise, it wouldn't be. It's a, it's a bit of, it's odd. It's an anomaly. As you said, if you were in a tin can up in space and that noise was happening, you might be tripping balls a little bit. You know, but, but just to listen to here, it doesn't sound like that big of a deal. So why make it so secret? And the other question is, the astronauts weren't familiar with that sound? They wouldn't be familiar with VHF radio interference? I mean, you know, it's this idea that, uh, that they're in space, but they don't, you know, they, they don't know what radio interference sounds. I just, that's hard for me to believe. And I know it's first time, new frontier, you know, all that, uh, this idea, but it doesn't sound super rare to me. This idea of VHF radio interference it doesn't sound that, that weird to me. Uh, so it's hard for me to believe that the astronauts would be tripping out about it, uh, but maybe in just in the footage, they didn't announce what they thought it was. I don't know. It's that one's hard for me. I mean, it's uh, it's unique. It's very it's cool, cool sound, trippy. Um, but otherwise, um, not that shocking. But then here's the other idea. Here's the other idea. Here's an idea. Aliens could have been aliens. Could have absolutely been aliens. A hundred percent. Or. Was it coming from the moon itself? Could it have been sound from the moon? Signals from hollow moon? Hmm? Hmm? Could have been. A guy, uh, Al Warden, astronaut on the Apollo 15 mission, uh, went on record saying, logic tells me that if there was something recorded on there, then there's something there. Meaning that if something made that sound, there was something there, not interference. Uh, so does that mean that it could have been a signal? Mm, could have been a signal, alien signal. Again, could have been aliens. But as we know, and as we said, they were given instructions not to discuss anything publicly, anything that they found, any, you know, only the approved narrative. Nothing but the talking points. Um, but, but let's be real about this. We don't know anything about the far side of the moon. So we can talk about, you know, how we landed there. We can talk about, you know, how many people have observed it, all these things about the math, about the rotation and all this stuff. But the truth is, is we know virtually nothing, or at least us, the public knows virtually nothing about the far side of the moon, the dark side of the moon, whatever you want to call it. But as you said, China did land a probe there in 2019 and came up with some interesting images. Things like uh, towers. Very, very interesting. 
but it's perfect for fuckery. This whole, you know, dark side of the moon, the, the fact that we can only see one side of the moon at all times. That's perfect. That's perfect. I mean, shit, you look at Antarctica. The hard part with that is how do you keep people out of it? How do you keep people out of it? Well, there's a great way to keep people off the dark side of the moon, which is you can't get there hardly. Perfect. And nobody's going to see it. Even people that are watching the moon like crazy, constant eyes on the moon, constant, especially these days. So it's perfect. You don't have to worry about it. Well, supposedly they got constant eyes on us here on Earth. So, yeah. Exactly. It's a scary oh. contrast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of the, of, uh, you know, with humanity as the stakes for whoever loses. Right. Yeah. But then no you have, blank. then you have claims like you had kind of pointed out earlier about these ideas of mining, secret mining going on. Uh, not just on the moon, but also on, you know, in asteroids and whatnot. And again, the fucking Nazis were good at mining. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But there's a lot of these claims. Uh, top secret testing of nukes. In fact, Project uh, A119, also known as a study of lunar research flights, was a top secret plan developed in 1958 by the U.S. Air Force to detonate a nuclear bomb on the moon, which would help in answering some of the mysteries in planetary astronomy and astrogeology. Launch a nuke. Crazy. So, yeah, so absolutely, they were doing testing with nukes on the moon. Not top secret. I mean, it was top secret at the time, but, hey, it's Wikipedia now. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy, crazy how it's just, it's so out there. But uh, the claims that seem logical to me, as you had said, is that a secret space program has been going on for a long time that established a human colony on the moon producing materials for ships, vehicles, you name it, full infrastructure. And, again, I'm going to point this out. The government has announced 3D printing satellite factories in space. And, again, that means they've been doing it. We know that because they keep things close to the chest until they release it when nobody can do anything about it. And, again, it supports the idea that bases are on the moon, that these factories are being built. And then you have to ask yourself, how long does it take to build these bases? Yes. It didn't take us just be 20 years. Yeah. Well, especially now if you have 3D printing factories that you don't need to hire labor, they just go all the time. Then it's it's especially Oh, dude. And look, let's let's if you have resources, look, let's let's break this down. Here on earth, you got to get the land. Hope it's not owned by somebody already to be able to mine it. And then you're going to have conservationists. You're going to have all kinds of eyes on. It's very, very easy to go mine asteroids, mine the moon. And when I say easy, I mean it's easier than trying to get permission. I'm not talking about the fundamentals. But if you're already up there, 
you know, the moon's a big place, as we said, what, 2,000-something miles? So it's a big place, a lot of space to mine things. So you're getting resources there. You're not having to send them up. So there is no limit to how long you can do this for, if, especially if you have automated factories. No limit. And again, I'm pretty convinced that the, the technology that we're seeing in space and on Earth that we're calling UFOs, that that's government tech that's being tested or utilized on Earth, um, at least in modern times. I don't, I'm, the ancient ones, the you know, ancestral, you know, going back 1800s and prior, I think a lot of that could potentially have been alien intervention. But, but modern times, I don't believe it. Now, of course, as we said, the mainstream science says the moon came from like a Mars-type object that crashed into the Earth, sending debris that would become the moon. But again, the size of the Earth by comparison to the moon doesn't make sense. And, and even if it did form itself, I have to believe that it would get pulled back into the Earth shortly after forming, it would not remain there, the, the sheer density of it. But I, I'm not an astrophysicist. I don't know the math. But just what we know of other things that, that in space and, and density and size and gravity and things like that, it does seem that it, it would not just stay in place for this long. And again, myself, I'm saying myself, but as humanity as whole, we don't know shit about the moon and it's pure guesswork. It's a lot of sophisticated mass supporting mainstream theories. As is the case with history. We know this. History, archaeology, all educated guesswork. All of it. All of it. And I'm not discrediting any archaeologists or historians or uh, astrophysicists in any way. But you have to admit, without being able to actually go up and test things for yourself, it's very much guesswork. It's very much highly educated guesswork. So if the chances of all this happening naturally, the precise dimensions of the moon, its location, the orbit, is literally zillions to one, does that not mean there's a high probability that it was put there on purpose? A high probability. And even before the... It would, yeah, go ahead. It would be the only thing that would honestly make sense. I mean, like we discussed in the very beginning of the episode, there's a zillion to one chance that any of this would ever happen anywhere. I mean, there is no moon like this anywhere that we have seen. Yeah. Perfect orbit, perfect shape. It's just, like I said, I don't believe in coincidence, you know, and it's just, it would make sense if it was placed there, but then you also have to accept other possibilities with that. Yeah. And even before the Apollo missions, there were people that were brainstorming this idea of hollow moon, at least theorizing the density may not be uh, what they thought it was. And there was a lot of experiments and tests around this going back to the early 60s. Uh, in 1962, a NASA scientist, Dr. Gordon McDonald, uh, wrote, if the astronomical data are reduced, it is found that the data required that the interior of the moon be less dense than the outer parts. Indeed, it would seem that the moon is more likely a hollow than a homogeneous sphere. 
And that is a NASA scientist. That's not me. That's not uh, the tinfoil hat brigade. That is a doctor, NASA scientist. And take that for what you will. I think a lot of these people are crooked, but he's he's saying the same thing. So a great story about this. And Blind Mike, love you, dude, because he was the one that told me about this. I had no idea about this until he told me. Um, When Apollo 12 left the moon, they jettisoned their rocket boosters. So if you've seen a rocket launch, when they get uh, out of the atmosphere, which in the case of the moon, there is no atmosphere. But if you get out of the atmosphere on Earth, um, they they jettisoned their rocket boosters. Amazing sight. Now SpaceX has got rocket boosters that land themselves. Spectacular. But it's so great. It's amazing. It gave me it gave me uh, chills when I watched it. It was it was crazy. But exactly every time, dude. It's it's so cool. We're living in the future, bro. It's great. I love it. I love it, and it's scary as shit all at the same time. What a great time to be alive. The time is now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, So when Apollo 11 left the moon, they jettisoned the rocket boosters that crashed down to the surface of the moon that reverberated like a bell for close to an hour. And then on Apollo 13, they did the exact same thing, except they made the rocket boosters heavier on purpose. And this time it reverberated for over three hours. Now, how do you explain that without it being hollow? See, but here's a part of that that makes no sense to me because uh, we do do seismic recordings. Like, uh, that shot movie. Have you ever heard of a moon music? Like, each planet, its uh, uh, magnetic field can be measured in uh, sound waves. And so each planet kind of creates its own music. And... And planet protects us from a lot, or the moon protects us from a lot of the comets and shit that's going by our orbit. You mean we've never heard any loud bell ringing since before any of that? And now we're going to throw like a ping pong ball rocket at it and it's going to ring for three hours? A little weird. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Very good point. I know I didn't even think about that. As it's being struck by other things, not just rocket boosters, it would also be making that noise. So, which which bring, makes me think again: Are do they want you to think the moon is hollow? And for what reason to keep us looking in that direction? I mean, I have a I have a theory. We are good at distraction. I have a theory that the, the, the truth that they are trying to cover up, it's not that there's UFO crafts. It's not about the moon. It's not about any of that. It is our origins, that that is the truest cover-up, that they are keeping. Because if you look at what they try and cover up the most, it seems to be it's the idea of us being seeded by another race. I mean, you have... Things that are covered up by the Vatican, held by the Vatican, that seem to be specifically about our origins. The Book of Enoch is a perfect example of these of these texts that were that were hidden from humanity for a really really long time. And so I wonder if that's 
the truth that they want to cover up. And everything else is inconsequential. Everything else, whether it's you think the moon is hollow, whether you think we went to the moon or not, it's inconsequential as long as you don't dig into your origins. You know what I'm saying? I feel it. So, because a lot of people, you know, I've talked about this, the researchers that have died. Why do some of them have amazing careers? Amazing careers. There's a bunch of them. Stephen Greer, Louise Alexando, Linda Mountain Howe. You have a ton of these people that have made a career speculating and supposedly whistleblowing on the government. But then you have other people who have died. Phil Schneider, perfect example. What's the difference? What's the difference? To me, the only difference seems to be that Greer, Howe, Elizondo, all these people keep you looking into space. Whereas Schneider was saying, no, look under your feet. You know what I'm saying? Because I've looked at these people and like, you know, what's the difference? It seems to be a very, very similar message. Aliens are real. The government seems to be working with them. They have technology. All of that is similar. But what seems to be the difference is that the people that have a career keep you looking off earth. But the people that don't seem to be saying, well, no, that's the distraction. So I don't know, but that's that's my opinion. I'm probably wrong, but that's uh, that's that's what I think about that. So I don't know, but otherwise you're right. Why else would they, why else... It's just odd the things that they that get out and the things that don't. You know what I mean? But again, I don't know. Is it hollow? Is it not? Uh, I have no idea. But again, here's what we do know. We do know. I've said it a ton of times, a ton of times. Operation Paperclip. That's where a lot of this starts from that. 1,600 Nazi scientists brought over, directly involved in forming NASA and the CIA. In fact, if it wasn't for Warner Von Braun, I don't know that we ever would have went to the moon. We for sure wouldn't have had MKUltra. <laughs> for sure. Fucking Nazis. Fucking Nazis. So you got to ask yourself, is the juice really worth the squeeze when it comes to the space program uh, and uh, what they were doing with it on the back end as far as uh, bringing these Nazi scientists over? And that's only one of them, mind you. Only one of them, Werner von Braun, that really stood out uh, with these that 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 was seemed to be the, the mascot for the space program. So why him and why not the others? So it's interesting and you know why was he given credit for that i don't know it's it's weird but of course there's there's all these claims also with the apollo landings and i don't know if you're familiar with this or not about masonic uh rituals rites ancient esoteric rituals uh going on during the moon landing are you familiar with any of that it's not ringing a bell <laughs> me neither i mean look here's the truth i you know i don't know honest uh, uh very much about that i don't know much about you know the freemasons i i know a little bit i know like what the whole deal is with the codes and the numbers but i couldn't like go into the theories about it 
I know some of it. So I don't know a lot about this whole theory about the Apollo landings being tied to Freemasons and them doing rituals up on the moon. I do know that uh, I believe Buzz Aldrin or Neil Armstrong, I can't remember which one, um, took communion on the moon, I believe. But that's, I mean, that's very Catholic, so that's not super surprising. Uh, you know, I mean, it would be like somebody praying on the moon. It wouldn't surprise me either. So, but again, there's all these client claims about these rituals and these these uh, these uh, Freemason symbols uh, scattered throughout. So again, I don't know about that. What I do know is I know about the Nazis and being tied, and I think that's where a lot of it comes from. You can say that it, it turned into Freemason and whatnot, but we know for a fact this was birthed out of Operation Paperclip, NASA and the CIA. We know for a fact. So you can dig into the Freemason stuff. You can dig into all that, but that's a lot of speculation. We have hard fact that Operation Paperclip happened. 1,600 Nazis came over and helped develop NASA and the CIA. Those are facts. So we don't need to go into conspiracy land to cover the facts. Uh, And again, I don't know about it, so I'm not going to say there wasn't something there. Um, But I think people like to tie these things in because, of course, the Freemason idea is tied into the beginning of the country and da-da-da-da-da. But again, I think specifically technology, specifically the space race, um, was tied to Nazis. And they were balls deep in occult shit. Balls deep. And so was NASA. And again, that's another nail in the Nazis form NASA coffin. The whole idea of, of NASA. I mean, Jack Parsons, holy shit, man. Crazy. Crazy the amount of weird shit this guy was into while he was working for NASA. Portals, sex magic. Nuts, man. Crazy. But again, even without knowing the Masonic shit, Freemason stuff, the idea of a secret knowledge being passed down from generation to generation through secret societies and bloodlines, that's not just limited to Masonic beliefs in, in any way. You know, I, I believe that 100%, and I don't know shit about the Masons, <laughs> you know. But, uh, but uh, you know, going back to the idea, you know, what I'd asked you before, I'd be shocked if NASA didn't know what was waiting for them on the moon. Be shocked. Because they seem to know everything. They pre-calculate all this stuff, you know. But then getting into some of these images that have, has, has come out um, from NASA, as you were pointing out, the things that have been seem to be covered up or, or um, modified in some way. Skeptics point out, you know, all these images released by NASA is evidence that they're not trying to hide anything. But then, like you pointed out, a lot of them have been airbrushed, seem to be modified, manipulated in some way, and that <laughs> people say alien bases are everywhere up there. All kinds of weird um, anomalies. You know, not just what we mentioned about what makes the moon possibly artificial, but also just these odd structures, these odd shapes. 
Um, there's one called the Shard, for example, um, that seems to show an artificial structure that could be anything from an alien outpost to some giant relic of an ancient civilization. But it seems to show a shadow, um, and that rules gen- basically rules it out being an optical illusion. And that's what NASA says. NASA says it's an optical illusion. But I actually have an article about it. So this goes back to, um, what, 2012, 2017? I can't remember. I think it's 2017. Damn it, I could have swore I had the date. But now I can't remember. Uh, But anyways, it says Chinese rover discovered an unusually shaped rock suspect to be a piece of a meteor wedged into the surface of the moon. But then you have people that say, and I'll put the link in the show notes. You guys can check it out for yourself. Seems to be a shard-like shape, and it's sticking out of the ground, according to NASA. But again, you have people that are saying it's not space debris that was launched into the moon's surface, that it's actually a structure. And it could be alien. Could be. Who knows really, though? You know, again, how, how, will, we, how will we know? How would we know? How would we ever know? And then you have uh, another image what's known as the tower that seems to be uh, what people have said around seven miles high, seven miles high. And a lot of people say that wouldn't even be possible on earth due to the gravity, but because it's on the moon and it's weaker gravity, you could do it. But uh, according to an article in the mirror from 2017, A group of six towers was discovered on the moon by conspiracy theorists who believe they could have been built by aliens. The truth is, is that it's just alternate theorists who are saying, we don't know. It could have been. (laughs) And of course, NASA doesn't know either. So to call them conspiracy theorists is, again, just labeling people for having alternate theories. But they got it from Google Moon, which is collected by NASA satellites. And so it appears to show what they call several rocks standing above high ground, seven miles. Rocks that are seven miles high? That's insane. But is that not a mountain? I mean, it could just be a very, very tall peak, I suppose. Instead of an alien tower. But anything's possible because we don't know. We don't know. Another NASA photograph from one of the Apollo missions shows what looks like a castle-like structure known as the castle, super original, that seems to be floating above the moon. Floating above the moon, which is super weird. But here's my take on these images. Along with all the advanced technology involved in aircraft, the military in general, the smartphones we have, quantum technology coming, AI technology, all the technology we have every day that we use that makes life super convenient. Think about all the technology we have. 
Even the mundane shit. Now, think about the improvements in video editing, graphic design, game designing, all this high tech that has also advanced leaps and bounds. Look at the movies we have. Blockbuster movies. Insane special effects. Meaning, all of this could be manipulated to keep people on a wild goose chase. And I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying it's easier than ever to create what I would argue perfect images that would be very, very difficult for people unless you are familiar with these very advanced technologies, which the average person is not. Then you could create these stunning, realistic images with special effects and CGI and fool the public. A hundred percent. In fact, I told a story uh, on... Uh, we. Uh, oh, by the way, this week's a two-episode week, y'all. I've given you a doozy. A twosie, ha! Huh? Uh, I talked about one of these astrophysicists that took a picture of a circular piece of chorizo sausage and posted that like it was an image from a satellite from a telescope and passed it off as real until he was called out and then claimed it was a joke. So now, think about that. This guy, yeah, yeah. Is that not ridiculous? I'm telling you, go listen to it. Episode 90, out this weekend, same as this one. Unbelievable. So here this guy takes a picture of just chorizo, didn't spice it up, <laughs> didn't didn't do anything to it other than take the picture, raw dog style, of chorizo sausage up against the black surface and passed it off. Wasted opportunity. Could have thrown in a cord tortilla to make it look like a moon in the background or something. <laughs> imagine, imagine. So that's what I'm saying. It's a piece of chorizo sausage, and it got people going. Come on, you're telling me that people if they didn't, golden. yeah, if they didn't want to. I mean, so again, now, now a lot of people are going to say, "Well, that's deep. That takes a lot of people being in on the gag." I understand that, but also understand that if an entire agency has the same idea that this is hilarious and we could get the public to believe anything we want, and that's part of their recruiting process is like getting people that just don't care about putting one over on the public for now. That's really all it takes. It's not like it's harming, you know, so it's not like you're recruiting for Nazis which I think is about the 70th time I've referenced them in this episode, which may or may not be a record. But. Wow. <laughs> but. It's a bad record. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely not putting that on a resume. But uh, <laughs> tends, tends to reference Nazis. Um, but yeah, it's it's just hilarious to me to think that people believe think that they are going to know these true images when they see them, when we have no idea, we have no idea. We don't even have a handle on reality, let alone these images. And, 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 and then as, we just get their word to take on. Yeah. 
And as I've said numerous times, this is technology known to the public. Technology known to the public that, again, could fool the average person known to the public. Now imagine what's going on behind closed doors. You can't even imagine what's going on because you don't have the slightest clue. And even people that think they have the slightest clue because they got inside, I don't think so. I think it would be, that's what would shock people above everything else is to know what's really going on behind closed doors. I think that's what would be the most shocking thing. Not the, the, obviously the gimbal, the go fast, the Tic Tac videos, not shocking to the public. Even though people said forever, you admit that UFOs are real, it's going to shock the public. Nobody blatted an eye. People kept dancing on TikTok like nobody's, like it, it was just a random Tuesday. And it's not just like what they're hiding as far as weapons, technology. Yeah. It's the dirty deeds, the things mm-hmm. done that should not be done by any living person yeah. that are happening behind closed doors. And so they're going to do everything they can to cover their asses. That's right. Something gets out and well, they have a heart attack. Yep. And again, none of this is proof. It's not proof. You know, none of this is proof one way or the other. Ah, here's proof that the moon is fake or here's proof that we did go on the moon landing. Uh, it's all not, speculation. Absolutely. But it is very, very interesting that there seems to be a lot of these anomalies and there seems to be a lot of these images that are very clearly altered in some way. But again, are any of these images legit? Any of them. It's hard for me to believe that, especially after this uh, chorizo sausage physicist guy who will never, ever, ever live that down. Ever. But we may never know what's real until you see for yourself, I see for myself what space is all about, these things, which probably will never happen. Then, then we are always taking somebody's word for it. And how much does that trust go? Especially when we know we have numerous examples. Chorizo sausage guy. Perfect example of fuckery from a physicist. He had the power. He had the credentials that people would buy it. He got away with it almost. And then it wants people called him out for it. He's like, oh, it was a prank. But until then, he was throwing it out there like it was legit. And he only came forward when he was called out for it. So again, he had the credentials. People would buy it. If I throw a picture out of chorizo sausage and say, look, I got my hands on a million dollar telescope and look at the picture I took. People are immediately going to know I'm full of shit. But because he had a white coat, because he had the title, because he had access to the telescope, people bought it. And that's the point. That's the point. But did he at least cook it and use it? No, it was raw. Oh, oh, after? (laughs) Yeah. Like, don't waste it, man. Uh, Yeah, don't waste the chorizo sausage. Yeah, yeah, don't. Yeah, these goddamn physicists. We're in global warming, you dumbass. You can't be wasting sausage like that. Hell yeah. (laughs) So, So, you know, among many questions that I have, if it is alien that is on the moon, 
these structures. If it is alien, do you think it's advanced civilization? Well, I guess that would depend on their origins, but it, compared to us, or you know, well, yeah, advanced, know. advanced to us. I mean, if it's advanced, it would be yeah, advanced from advanced, us. But, yeah, sorry. No, you're right. Sorry, I mean, you're, uh, no, you're right. You're right. It's a valid question. Like advanced to what race? But yeah, to us, assuming that we're talking about yeah, to us. Yeah, I mean, I would I would assume it's advanced to us, but I wouldn't imagine. I mean, we were just talking. Uh, on the last episode about the Galactic Federation. Yeah. I I mean, kind of sounds more or less, you know, just like a, a, a truck stop, you know, just come and go by all the other places that are out there. So yeah. who knows what we encountered out there. They could have just been some aliens on vacation passing by. Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Who the hell knows? Well, regarding these structures... It's interesting to think there's a couple of possibilities. There is the possibility that it's an advanced civilization that uh, that's that's belongs to these uh, or or that these structures belong to, or or I should say, and the military is simply repurposing them because these these uh, these beings have moved on, perhaps that they're relics of an advanced civilization left over, and that we ran into them. And that we're now repurposing them for ourselves. So we didn't even have to build bases. We just, you know, put shit in there for ourselves. You know what I mean? Just took them over. Yeah. Which, obviously, we yeah. know we do. We would do. Absolutely. That would make sense. Yeah. So that could very totally be a very sense. real possibility that uh, that these are structures, that they are alien structures, but it's not aliens using them. It's us. So again, I think that's closer to probable, uh, probable than an alien race still being there. Because again, I think we would have a lot more evidence. As we have evidence of these anomalies on the moon, I think we would have anom uh, uh, evidence of anomalies of aliens. But there is some, again, other theories around the weird shit about the moon. But not just the moon. You know, we've talked about other theories. I don't know if you're familiar with Project Red Sun. Uh, no, no. No? So Project Red Sun, as a lot of people believe, is uh, when astronauts went to Mars without telling anybody. There's a theory that NASA secretly financed and backed an Apollo-type project uh, called Project Red Sun that sent astronauts to colonize Mars. And, of course, we don't know much about Mars, uh, but there's a lot of it. So, supposedly, in the 70s, NASA, NASA sent uh, manned missions to Mars and tried to establish uh, infrastructure there. I think the odds of there being life on Mars are a lot more like the odds of there being life on Unless you just yeah. like us, busy. Yeah. Well, and, and what's interesting is this comes from leaked documents. So again, can we believe these leaked documents? And if we can't believe these leaked documents, can we believe any of them? But in these leaked documents, August 28, 1973, 
the NASA and U.S. Department of Defense set up a top-secret mission named Project Red Sun to reach Mars, and it involved Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong, and a USSR associate named Vladimir Lucian. And that is according to these leaked documents. Very, very odd. Very interesting. So it seems pretty credible that we that we had the mission to go, whether we did or not. But again, if you don't think that happened, then that, you know, it's that... definitely focused now. Yeah, certainly. It's a focus now. Certainly. And... If if we can't believe this based on these leaked documents, again, it throws shade on all other supposed leaked documents. So if you don't believe this that comes from official leaked documents, then I'm sorry, you have to not believe any of the other leaked documents because it's coming from the same place. So that's very, very interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, again, there's a lot of fuckery. There's a lot of mm-hmm. top secret stuff, as you had said, secret space program that, yeah, um, yeah, that potentially, you know, with, I mean, think of, as you said, 50 years working on this. Look at what we can do in four years, five years, 10 years mm-hmm. with technology. Now, imagine dedicating funds and technology to doing this for 50 years. 50 years. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure we've uh, come a lot further than we're writing on. Uh, yes, 100%. 100%. Another uh, weird anomaly, again, makes you kind of wonder about everything regarding the moon, is the idea of the Mona Lisa, the alien girl found on the moon in 1976. Are you familiar with this? I'm not, I'm not but I want to hear the, oh, Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, so I'll just read from this article. It comes from uh, Zig City. I'll put the link in the show notes uh, by a guy named Marcus Loth. In January 2012, NASA consultant Dr. Eric Norton announced that there was an entire fleet of technologically advanced craft seemingly lying in wait on the dark side of the moon. While Norton theorized that the fleet's intentions might be others believed or uh what the fleet's intentions might be. Others believed it was evidence of the Solar Warden program, a supposed top secret and operational space fleet that has a permanent presence in our solar system and beyond. Their launch point is the moon where several space stations secretly exist and operate. Some believe that the directive of Solar Warden is to explore and colonize other moons and planets. Others, though, state that its purpose is to act as a first line of defense against any potential attacks from extraterrestrial races. The funding of this secret space station, secret space mission, comes via the black budget, something that had been quietly commissioning top secret space missions since as far back as the late 1950s. More and more whistleblowers, however, are seemingly coming forward with information about these top secret space missions. Um, I don't know why. Oh, here it is. Oh, brother. I don't know why I started up there. Anyways, the official story uh, of the Mona Lisa is that Apollo missions ended with Apollo 17. However, in April 2007, whistleblower William Rutledge uh, claimed that the missions continued in secret, uh, like you said, under the name Project Horizon, whereas Apollo missions 18 and 19 were actively searching for an alien presence on the moon. 
The Apollo 20 mission, launched in 1976, went much further, landing on the moon, the dark side of the moon. According to Rutledge, as far as finding the remains, as well as finding the remains of alien bases, they also found a female humanoid that was in a bizarre state of suspended animation, neither dead or alive. The Apollo 20 crew named her Mona Lisa. Rutledge made his claims to respected alien, Italian UFO re- researcher Luca Scantamaburlo, whatever. Uh, I don't remember who named the girl, Leonov or me. She was humanoid female, five foot, five inches, genitalized, haired, six fingers. We guess their mathematics are based on 12. Function pilot, piloting device fixed to fingers and eyes, no clothes. We had to cut two cables connected to the nose, no nostrils. Leonov removed the eye device. It says concretions of, yeah, concretions of blood or biological liquid erupted and froze from the nose, mouth, eyes, and some parts of the body. Other parts were in unusually good condition. Hair in the skin was protected by a thin, transparent film. As they uh, says, as they told Mission Control, conditions seemed not dead, not alive. They had no medical background or experience, but Leonov and uh, and them devised a test to fix their bio equipment on the EBE, which is the uh, uh, what's EBE? What what's that term? I'm trying to remember. Extraterrestrial believed entity or extraterrestrial something like that. Uh, and telemetry received by Mission Control meds were positive. So, supposedly they found a body. And they say that not only is she very real, but she's still alive on Earth. (laughs) Crazy. Crazy. So, yeah, very interesting. Man, dude. I mean, look, he goes on to say that there was a moon city. Um that they refer to as station one. I mean, there's a ton of shit. I'll put the article in the show notes. You guys can check it out for yourself, but very fascinating, this idea and what this guy's saying. And again, can we believe it? I don't know. I don't know. There's so much propaganda around this, around everything involved in the space program in general. So many rumors. So very hush-hush. Very hush-hush. And not only that, the things that come out, some of it adds up, some of it doesn't. And uh, so, you know, it's very, very interesting. So then you have people like this guy, Alex Collier, who said, uh, he's a researcher and author, said that the moon was a transport ship that brought reptilians, human-reptilian hybrids, and the first humans on Earth. And he also says that the moon was placed here by an advanced civilization with super advanced technology. Again, it would also explain the probabilities of a moon synchronization. I mean, yep, a lot of a lot of speculation to be had. It's a lot of wonderful theories. I love hearing what everybody has to say. I've talked to a lot of people about this, and got it. It's pretty wild ideas out there. It's a lot of fun to hear. Yeah, I agree. It's fascinating, truly. It, it truly is. And, and again, it's really fun to think about all the possibilities, as you said, of what's really going on. You know, what's really happening. Did it, was it placed here? It certainly is anomalous, but 
you know, for what reasons, what's the true purpose, what's the true history. There's a lot of cultures that talk about times before the moon, you know. But even in the 1970s, there was two ex-NASA specialists that said um, the astronauts repeatedly told them that they saw aliens on the moon. There was uh, an expert named Merchant, Marchant, uh, claimed in a 1978 book, Our Cosmic Ancestor, that a couple of UFOs were hovering in the area just before the Apollo 11 landed. And also in the book, he says a former NSA, or a, I'm sorry, former NASA insider showed him transcripts of radio transmissions from several Apollo missions describing alien ships lining several craters, observing astronauts moonwalk. But again, that's hearsay. We have no evidence of it. We have no images. We have no videos. We have no, we have a lot of hearsay of these things, but nothing to back it up. Again, like you said, I love the stories. I love the theories. I love hearing about it, talking about it, uh, speculating about it. But the, but the truth is we have no solid evidence to say, yes, it happened or no, it didn't. Exactly. Exactly. What we have is we have a lot of dots and some of them connect and some of them don't. And some of them you can stretch a little bit and try and connect, but some of them are a little easier and make a little bit more sense. You know, it just fits the pattern. Uh, you know, around the same time of NASA going on, these these books coming out, you have the ancient astronaut theory was starting to gain ground. You have several NASA insiders claiming that the Apollo missions found evidence of a past civilization. But it makes you wonder, are these things influenced by the ancient astronaut theory? You know, you have people that want to jump on a bandwagon. They want to be involved in something bigger. You know, sometimes truth is stranger than fiction. Sometimes truth is more boring than fiction. And so you have people that want to spice it up a little bit. And again, we have people that have power. They have influence. They have, you know, the inside track. So whatever they throw out, people eat it up. So you say, you know, you come out and you say, oh, yeah, well, even the astronauts said that there was past civilization up there. People are going to eat that shit up because they want to believe in it. They want to believe in it. I want to believe in it, but I just don't know. And so that's why I keep looking at it, trying to find the, the one thing that seems to tie it all together. And again, the one thing to me, the theory that seems to tie it all together is future humans. Um. You know, and that we would probably perceive as alien. So uh, I think that ties it in nicely, and I like that one because I like to believe that humanity gets its shit together, you know, and eventually becomes enlightened, but uh, is able to travel back and explore uh, these things. But if this Alex Collier guy is right, and the moon was brought here, then the moon was or is essentially a space station. Yeah. That's no moon. That's yeah. a space station. <laughs> that's no moon. <laughs> one of my favorite lines from Star Wars ever. Right. <laughs> that was a good one. But uh, the, he says that it was maneuvered into position. It makes sense that if it is a space station, it was put here. And could it very easily have doubled as a as a transportation ship, bring humans, maybe reptilian beings, who knows, to seed the earth. 
goes back to that Pichu dish. Too. Yes, yes. Yeah. But, but it still begs the question, what's inside the moon now? If it is hollow, if it was brought here, What's it for? Is it housing something? Is there a whole world there? Is there a species there? Are alien, are future humans, is that what they did? Is that, did they come back in that? Mm, could be interesting. Fun to ponder. So Collier says if the moon is hollow and that he says it contains huge underground facilities by aliens and future humans. That's what he says. He also says there are seven openings into the moon's crust to underground bases. Now, how does he know that? That's my question. And how come, you know, it's not, we have a ton of photographs coming out showing, I mean, I guess there are photos and images, uh, uh, videos of what seems to be ships going into craters. There's a great one. Um, There's a great one. About with uh, I'll have to find that one and uh, put it in the show notes. But there's a great a great video of a very very zoomed in image of showing what looks to be to you know in scale to the moon very large ships rising up out of it look like tic tacs rising up out of a crater moving along the crater surface and then going into the dark side of the moon into the dark portion of the moon. Very and I'll tell you that one is hard. I'm no like graphic designer, but the way it's moving is very, very hard to dispute. That one of all the things I've seen, that one is like, ooh, that one's got some some bite to it. That one, it's hung on. I mean, I, I think about that one all the time. You gotta uh, make sure you link that. Yeah, I will. Make sure that'd be good. Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's it's uh, a friend of mine sent it to me a long time ago, and uh, I was like, "Whoa," um, because it is, you know, like there seems to be when you when you when you look at the moon really close up, there seems to be almost like these uh, what what would be described as like heat waves, kind of moving, you know, gently moving. It's not super distorted, but definitely there's there's like some visual interference there. And what's amazing is that these ships move that way the shadows of the ships are moving in texture with the moon, which is a very, very difficult effect to do. Anybody that does graphic design will tell you shadowing is very difficult. And it's moving in, you know, with the texture of the moon because it's moving over several craters. Very, very interesting. And then you have this wave distortion that's very natural that is, is again, very difficult to replicate. Um phenomenal stuff anyways that one really makes you think so that kind of ties in with that and then the answer to why craters are so shallow he says is because the andromedans built on top of a metallic shell of this, uh, of this, the circular space crust of of the moon, as they call a war barrier. He claims that, according to the Andromedans, and he also thinks war barrier, a war barrier, right? 
Which, hey, man, I mean, think about that. That's, uh, you know, a perfect barrier to, for anybody to get in because obviously people are going to assume it's a surface of a, of a moon. So that's actually a really good technique. Is that something that they're trying to replicate here on Earth with a lot of the underground tunnels and whatnot? You know, could be could be trying to replicate something like that. It makes sense. Yeah. But uh, Collier thinks that around 30,000 people and aliens are living in the moon, that that's what's in the moon, and that they have plans to move more selective elements of the Earth's population here, or there, to the moon. That would be very interesting lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, imagine if it's, like, super, like, modernized and, like, you know, like, imagine, like, a, like a Tokyo style, you know, just really cyberpunkish. Oh, be cool. That would be fun. Be super fun. Collier, Collier also talks about secret societies, of course, and government elites having a secret agenda, doing missions to the moon. And he goes on to say that when the Apollo astronauts landed on the moon, the world order had been there for some time. This knowledge and technology was withheld from the lower levels of NASA and the military. And that NASA has been used as a front to keep people from truly knowing what was going on there. The astronauts were silenced under threats and remain so today. And again, we have the instructions from NASA to the astronauts saying that, yes, they were told, keep hush hush. No way. <laughs> yeah. I know. Shocking. But, uh, but and again, we, we know we know that these things happened. We know that these things happened, that they were told to hush up. We don't know about the threats. We don't know about any of that. Um, but we definitely know that, uh, you know, that they were, uh, they were told to keep things under wraps for sure. But he's not the only one that talks about an alien-human collaboration going on. I mean, maybe maybe the moon is a little bit more specific to what he's talking about, but certainly a lot of people have come out talking about humans and aliens collaborating together, numerous people. But if there really is a joint alien-human presence on the moon, then what's the plan? Is it just to reside there? What are they working on? We've mentioned again. Again, this could tie back into the Galactic Federation. Well, I was so just going to say, yeah, the the whole treaty between Eisenhower and the aliens that potentially happened. See that man reviving, reviving. <laughs> <laughs> if it's true, if it's true that there was a treaty made, a, a, a cooperation between aliens and humans, or or not all humans, obviously aliens and the government. Um, to, to make bases on the moon, it makes it makes a little bit more sense that we would be there. You know what I mean? It really does. But yeah. as, as I've said, and I'll, I continue to say, it doesn't make sense 
for advanced aliens, in my opinion, it does not make sense for advanced aliens to travel here for humans. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of travel time to interact with a lesser species. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, you might have the select few that want to, but an entire galactic federation, an entire race of aliens that's just, you know, out for the protection of humans? I don't understand it. Jesse's with me on this one. What's up, girl? One of the patrons. Thank you very much. What makes more sense to me, as we've pointed out before, is interdimensional. Portals, maybe even wormholes, making the travel time less. Maybe, okay, so maybe they could be intergalactic using wormholes, maybe. But again, why us? Why us? Are we really that be-all and end-all of space that just all of, all of the races in space are just waiting for humans to get their shit together? I, I just don't buy that. To me, that makes as much sense as saying that conspiracies can't happen because it would take a lot of co co uh, cooperation between numerous people. Well, this is even more so. This is even more so. If you can't believe the government as a whole is, is orchestrating the world around you and, and, and uh, manipulating it, then you certainly can't believe that there's a bunch of alien races out there that are just waiting for Earth to get its shit together. I just, I think it's, it's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. We would be the laughing stock of the galaxy. Yeah, for numerous shit reasons. For numerous reasons. You're a dumb species. And we're pink and soft, man. <laughs> we're, we're a whole yeah. bunch of, we're just, I mean, deep underside, despite your skin color, we're pink and soft, okay? Once you get cut through that mm -hmm. epidermis, we're all red, baby. <laughs> yeah, squishy, exactly. So, the interesting thing, though, is that if an alien civilization already exists on the moon, then that kind of explains the no need for travel. You know, so it could be an alien species in, you know, communication with humans, but I would imagine only if they're semi-locally uh, or I'm saying, uh, yeah, locally located or closer by. Otherwise I, it just don't, I don't see why, how it's feasible and why again, I don't, I don't see why we're so special, but going to this idea, back to this idea of bases on the moon, there's a lot of up, uh, alien abductees that talk about seeing the earth through some kind of portal or window. Now, they assume they're on a ship, but maybe they're not. Some of them mention endless rooms like medical bays. They wake up. They're walking through these long corridors. That could be a ship. Also, could be a moon resort. Club Luna. The Hampton Inn. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Best Western has got a, a hotel on the moon now. Right. Yeah. Here's that continental breakfast. <laughs> That's right. Here's some moon dust you can sprinkle on your eggs. Some moon pies. And uh, 
you know, U.S. military isn't the only one involved in this. Russia's been involved for a long time. We know that. We've had joint operations with them for a very, very long time, even during the Cold War, supposedly. And now you've got China that has invested a lot of money in one of the most sophisticated telescope systems in the world. In the world. So what's going on there? Clearly, there is a race to get to the moon. Now, going to this idea that we've been on the moon in 2019, there was uh, a WikiLeak that hit the internet that started rumors about an international destruction of a base on the moon by NASA. Or intentional, not international. Intentional destruction of a base on the moon by NASA. And according to a UFO researcher, Scott Waring, he says this is why NASA stopped going to the moon. But again, I think it means that we've been going. We just kept it secret. But did they destroy it because they were trying to keep it away from an enemy nation? Or was the base ours and it was destroyed by the Soviet Union to keep it away from us? 2019, look at kind of the relationship deterioration between us and Russia. Is it because there's a war it's a in space? Coincidence there for you. <laughs> yeah. Coincidence? So much coincidence. <laughs> yeah. No coincidences. In, the, in a, a declassified document from the CIA from the early 1960s states very clearly that specific projects were concentrated on the construction of various structures under the surface of the moon for the storage of missiles as well as the employment of various versions of pneumatic structures. Now, that's the early 1960s. Again, I mentioned in the 60s, it's said that they were having meetings about bases on the moon, whether constructing them or whether they have them is unclear. But is that the real beginnings of Space Force? During the 1960s, and that we learn about it 50 years later? Could very, very easily... Timing is right. There's a guy, Gary McKinnon, who's a hacker, that released documents showing a list of non-terrestrial officers that were part, at the time, of a secret space force. Edgar Mitchell, another former astronaut, claimed the war in space is heating up. Colonel Ross Dedrickson whose job it is to know where every nuke is on the planet, that's a crazy job, claimed recently that in the late 1970s, the U.S. government transported several nukes into space for testing, but that they were destroyed by aliens. He even claims that 
an alien spacecraft went to rescue the Apollo 13 craft after it got in trouble. And that according to this Dedrickson, Dedrickson guy, the astronauts were ready to evacuate the craft, the Apollo 13, but instead, or, or I'm sorry, they were going to evacuate the craft and board this alien spaceship, but instead this alien craft managed to guide the Apollo 13 safely back to Earth. I don't know about any of that. That seems pretty far-fetched. It's a little fishy. It's, yeah. It seems a little bit. It does, it does seem to reek of fish. But, again, we know that all of a sudden, 50 years later, there's a sudden push to get to the moon again, and not just by NASA. So, again, it begs the question, why now, a lot of a lot of things make me say, why now? You know, you have the Pentagon release uh, of, of the, a lot of UFOs. You have mainstream media all of a sudden just super down to talk about UFOs. You've got tons of government officials coming forward talking about you've got the former Israelis flat out talking about the Galactic Federation. So you have a ton of this huge push for aliens, UFOs. You got the renaming of another. You got a, a, a Congress meeting, congressional meeting that where they, they met about UFOs, created a whole new task force, supposedly. Where, the, oh, but this time they're going to do it right. The people deserve to know. Yeah, mm -hmm, you've said that before. And I'm very suspect of this entire disclosure movement because the people that are in charge of this supposed disclosure movement, the, the big guys, Luis Elizondo, Stephen Greer, they are doing everything but disclosing what they're doing. You got Stephen Greer meditating with cows. Not one picture, not one video of this. Dude. My favorite part. <laughs> I, it's unreal. It's unreal. It it blows my mind that these people can come out and say, "Shame on the government for not disclosing what they're doing. Shame on the government for not giving us evidence." And then just go on Instagram or TikTok, wherever the fuck they are, and just tell a story with zero corroborating evidence. Dude, lead by example, you fucks. You know, why can't we finally get on the same page? Like, disclosure is disclosure, no matter who's doing it. And, and because you're the gatekeeper of the truth, again, we know for a fact people use their credentials for shady shit. Chorizo guy, perfect example. That's why I showed that. Because it's, it's like you can't believe anything these motherfuckers say. Hey, Chorizo guy's listening. You better let us know that breakfast turned out. God damn it! <laughs> yeah, I want to know the. I want to know if you burned one of the uh, you know beautiful celestial objects or not. So it's just again, we may never know what's really going on. Probably will never know. I mean, there's this idea that all classified information is given this um, this uh, title two x two five. Mean the, meaning two times 25. So 50 years later, shit will come out. 
And that seems to be on par. So, I don't know. I don't know. But what are your what are your thoughts on this, Nate, about this moon landing? What do you what do you think about after all this? Are you you more sold on that it happened or didn't happen? Yeah, one way or the other. What do you think? I'm pretty sure we did land. I'm sure we got up there. That's what I want to believe too. I man. mean, I want to believe it. There's a lot of things. That, yeah, I'm skeptical on it, but you know, there's a lot of possibilities, things that point out there, and. I'm going to settle with that, that we did. Yeah, I think we did, but definitely not for the reasons that we're told. Not to just go up there, kick around some moon dust, and come back. I think we definitely went up there to establish some kind of infrastructure. What was there when we got there? Who knows? What we established when we got there? Who knows? Uh, is the moon hollow? Who knows? There's a, it's, it's, Again, we can speculate, and a lot of people want to say 100% it's not, 100% it is. I'm going to say, based on what we've seen, based on what we know, what we don't know, I'm going to, I'm going to be safe and say we don't have a fucking clue. We don't have a fucking clue what the moon is or what it's doing or its purpose or who's controlling it if somebody is. We have no idea. And if somebody does, uh, then... It's it's going to be up to them if they if they release that information or not, uh, and that's a scary thought that one entity, especially the government, uh, being in control of the information regarding our closest celestial neighbor. So it really makes you wonder, man, about what uh, it just makes you wonder. To me, it just opens up this idea again. I go back to what do we even know about reality? What's real? What's not? let alone what these individual bits of reality are and, and are not. It's just a giant wide open uh, question with the answer. We don't fucking know. And that's the truth. We don't fucking know. We don't fucking know. So, but as always, the big question, the biggest question of them all is what do you all think? I want to know what you think uh, about the moon landings. I want to know if you think they're real. I want to know what you think about the moon. Do you think it's made of cheese, metal? What do you think? What do you think? Are there aliens living inside? Lizards like an Easter egg just waiting for us to crack it open so they can come out? Uh, what's going on? So I want to know if you've got stories, you got experiences, you just want to reach out. You can email in the show notes. Click that link. All things, the portal to everything UFO know, just click that link. It'll take you to the email and everything else. You can select which direction you want to go to get in contact us with us. But we definitely want to hear from you. And, of course, we are building a tinfoil militia. And I want you in the ranks. So go and donate now, please. Uh, uh, UFO Jesus patreon.com slash UFO no podcast uh, you can go there right now and donate but to my supporters that are already in the tinfoil militia though OG supporter designer tinfoil hat wearing Aaron Rice thank you so much lady I appreciate it Casey Armadillo first merch buyer now member of the tinfoil militia thank you sir Michael Benavides thank you as well sir give me some stories from Roswell I need it I want it Michael Ralston, dude, appreciate you a lot. Thank you so much. Jesse, again, 
thank you always for the conversations. Uh, love it. After we do these shows, we hit each other up. She, we talk about it in depth. I'm going to get her on the show one of these days. It's going to be phenomenal. Uh, Rihanna, thank you so much for the conversations and the support. It means the world. Carlton Turner, thank you for now joining the Tinfoil Militia. And new, also on the show yesterday, new member of the Tinfoil Militia, potential new guest uh, is Vince Alien Vibe Guy Guzman. Go check him out on Twitch, everybody. Uh, you, too, can be a part of the UFO No Tinfoil Militia at patreon.com slash UFO No Podcast, where we are going to be releasing a new episode every single week with a bonus episode, bunch of new stuff for the members. I'm working on stuff, just trying to get my poop in a group. More bonus content coming soon. Any donation means the world to me. I love you all. Thank you so much. Uh, now for the general shout-outs, go check out Black Coast, killer band from the UK. These guys rule. Go check them out. Thank you guys so much for the love and the shout-outs. It means the world to me. Uh, Cass, uh, Casey Leesky, buddy, love you, man. Thank you for always supporting the show. Matthew Morfitt, dude, thanks for reaching out and giving me some ideas. Valiant Thor, Galactic Federation. Hope you enjoyed those episodes. I love doing them. Uh, Ridiculous Patronus 1, Your Scented Memory, Gigi Holland, The Slime King Plays. Thank you so much for your reviews. It means the world. Uh, My sister, Christy, and the whole family, Jesse, Zoe, Emma, thank you all for listening. Again, it means the world. Josh from Camp Verde, Arizona. Dude, thank you for the stories, man. Amazing. I, too, want to be abducted. I just want to know the truth. So if it takes getting abducted, so be it. And then from Nathan, thank you all. Dude, Andy Peoples, thank you for heating up, uh, heating up, hitting up uh, our friend Nate. He's got a new Facebook page. And uh, so, dude, thank you, Andy Peoples. Way to go, man. Thank oh, you. Yeah, dude. Also, be sure, go get yourself some sweet merch. Everybody who's bought merch, you can go tag UFO No Podcast on uh, Instagram with your sweet gear because I want to see it. Start a portfolio of fans. It'd be super fun. And, of course, if you want to get a shout-out, let me know you listen to the show or donate. It's that simple. If you like the show, be sure to share this episode. Again, give us a nice review on Spotify, uh, iTunes, wherever you're listening to us. Hit that subscribe button on Rumble, on YouTube. It really does help. Nate, thanks again, dude, for being on the show. Hey, man, it was a blast, man. It was fun as always. Super fun. Super fun. Great conversation. Really fun. Again, dude, we're going long again, man. This is second time in a row gone over two hours. How much fun? Oh, man. It's so much fun. Crazy, dude. It just flies by. And I appreciate you all uh, joining us, sticking with us till the end. Love you. Thank you so much. And as always, as always, stay elevated, huh? Stay elevated and keep your eyes to the skies and watch out for the government. They're shysty bastards. Bastards.